Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from manic menaces to miniature merriment. And today we are talking about the way of the shadow and the way of mercy, monks. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How's it going? Hey, how, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Change is hard. Change is hard. We're doing this remotely now. I don't know if you guys can actually tell from your end, uh, but we can certainly tell from ours. And uh, yeah, um, little it's hiccup. Different, but I little, think it's still going to be good. Little hiccup in life. Uh, had to change. Yeah. Had to change out the old studio. So we back, and we're not missing any days. No, we are of. not. Today we're talking about a couple subclasses. Yeah, man. Um, I'm really excited. Me too. Um, but before we get into it, let's talk just a little bit. Let's recap a little bit about what a monk in general is. So small walled cloisters dot the landscapes of the worlds of D&D. Tiny refuges from the flow of ordinary life where time seems to stand still. The monks who live there seek personal perfection through contemplation and rigorous training. They follow many paths and live by different philosophies. But whatever their discipline, monks are united in their ability to magically harness the energy that flows in their bodies. Whether channeled as a striking display of combat prowess or subtler focus of defensive ability and speed, this energy infuses all that a monk does. Most traditions call this energy key. It is an element of magic that suffuses the multiverse, specifically the element that flows through living bodies. Monks harness this power within themselves to create magical effects and exceed their body's physical capabilities, and some of their special attacks can hinder the flow of key in their opponents. Using this energy, monks channel uncanny speed and strength into their unarmed strikes. As they gain experience, their martial training, and their mastery of key gives them more power over their bodies and the bodies of their foes. Yeah, you want to you want to be Ryu from Street Fighter in Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons? This is how. You want to be Goku? You want to be Naruto? You can, get, you can get close. This is also how. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm wearing my Ichiraku ramen hat today. Oh, are you? Nice. Yeah. Nice. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> now, and this is remote, and so I've completely lost you. 
Oh, <laughs> well, I but am I wearing you. it. Just, oh, know, for sure. just know this. <laughs> so first, we're going to get into the Way of the Shadow Monk. Um, monks of the Way of the Shadow follow a tradition that values stealth and subterfuge. These monks might be called ninjas or shadow dancers, and they serve as spies and assassins, usually. Sometimes the members of a ninja monastery are family members forming a clan sworn to secrecy about their arts and missions. Other monasteries are more like thieves' guilds, hiring out their services to nobles, rich merchants, or anyone else who can pay their fees. Regardless of their methods, the heads of these monasteries expect the unquestioning obedience of their students. Mm. Okay, so, so secret monks doing secret things. Indeed. Keeping secrets. <laughs> so you get to choose your, your way as a monk at third level. And the first feature you get as a Way of the Shadow Monk is called Shadow Arts, starting at level three. You can use your key to duplicate the effects of certain spells. As an action, you can spend two key points to cast Darkness, Dark Vision, Pass Without a Trace, or Silence without providing material components. Additionally, you gain the Minor Illusion uh, cantrip if you don't already know it. That's so, really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. It's like these are very, very useful spells that a spellcaster, like a normal spellcaster, would probably take and use regularly, and you're getting all of them um, just kind of given to you. You do have to spend your key points, which... Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, that's like normal, like <laughs> spending your key points. Yeah, you got to spend a point. resource for your thing. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to subterfuge and sneaking around, uh, Pass Without a Trace is invaluable. That plus 10 is amazing. Um, silence is a double-edged sword because uh, I think we've talked about this before. When you cast it, like, yeah, it, it cancels all the sound that you're making. But once kind of someone passes into that bubble of silence they're going to realize something's wrong because they can't hear anything. Exactly, yeah. But when you want to beat the living crap out of somebody uh, and you don't want their homies to know about it, this is the way. Yeah, this is the way. <laughs> um, I so, like the darkness spell a lot too because I feel like a monk should have some kind of like extrasensory stuff going on. Like maybe you have perception or like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, airbenders and um, an avatar, they, they shave their heads so they can feel the air pressure change near them. So they can like dodge right. attacks more easily, stuff like that. Yeah. It's good flavor for, for darkness. Or if you're like overwhelmed and you need to get out, darkness is a great way to do to get uh, to get out of danger. If you can kind of like yeah, I like that because like go. with darkness, you can see through your own darkness, but other people can't see through your darkness. Is that true? So, I think I think darkness. I think that's true. I think darkness. Um, like if it's magical darkness, I don't think anybody can see through it. No, is everyone blind? Hold on. Now I gotta. Now I gotta look this up. Yeah, it's been so way, long. The way it kind of works is like everybody will have a uh, disadvantage on attacks like in, in magical darkness. And then when you, um, but basically if like everyone has disadvantage, like some people opt to just kind of have everybody roll, you know, straight up. Um, right. So if somebody has advantage on you in a situation and you cast yeah, you're right. you darkness, can't... then you, you kind of level the playing field. Okay, I could see its uses. I don't know why. I just assumed you could see through your own darkness, but um, but yeah, that does change up how the spell would be used. But you you brought up a good use there, evening the playing field. Um, yeah. so let's let's move on. The next feature you get is at level six, and it's called Shadow Step. You gain the ability to step from one shadow into another. When you are in dim light or darkness, as a bonus action, you can teleport up to sixty feet to an unoccupied space that you can see that is also dim light or darkness. You then have advantage on the first melee attack you make before the end of the turn. I fucking love this feature. <laughs> That's so cool. This is like what I it's, try to do with Misty Step all the time, but it's written. Yeah, I know this. You're getting the advantage. 
This is super awesome. In fourth edition, I played a Shadow Kai who took a feat that basically gave this ability, um, but once an encounter instead of just whenever the hell you want. Okay. Um, and it was really fun. I think that that one was a ranger. That that character happened to be a ranger. But um, but yeah, being able to step into a shadow and then pop out in another shadow sixty feet away, like that's fucking awesome. As a bonus action, just all the time. Yeah, as a bonus action, all the time, you are the darkness. This is fucking and, uh, wild. Plus that, you get that advantage on the next melee attack. So, like, why wouldn't you basically do that pretty much any turn you're not using that bonus action for something else? Like, you're going to step through one shadow, pop out the other side of the enemy, granted if you're fighting in a dark area, and then get advantage every turn. It's going to be great. I think, isn't your unarmed strike a bonus action? So you kind of have to, um, you kind of have to... Oh, your uh, flurry of blows. That's action, what it is. But not, not the unarmed strike. Yeah, so that you're going to relinquish that ability in lieu of this True. one. If, you know, it just depends on what you need. But that's really, really awesome utility. Yeah, absolutely. So at level 11, you get your next feature as a way of Shadow Monk. It's called Cloak of Shadows. Um, you've learned to become one with the shadows. When you are in an area of dim light or darkness, you can use your action to become invisible. You remain invisible until you make an attack, cast a spell, or are or, or in an area of bright light. So... This, I mean, needless to say, is freaking awesome. So you can, you get free invisibility spell for a turn, so long as you are in dim areas, which if you're a shadow monk, why wouldn't you be? Um, I mean, and, uh, even as a player, just generally speaking, your dungeon master is, you know, they're going to be working with dark spaces a lot. <laughs> There's going to be shadows. Yeah, yeah, dungeons are dark, generally <laughs> speaking. Yeah, so. how often is it like you enter a well-lit room, you can see everything. I know, right? Exactly. Don't this roll place for is perception. Really clean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, a shadow monk. I mean, the best place, I guess, you could be if you're, if as a player, would be the underdark because it's going to be dark all the freaking time. Yeah. But basically, you can go invisible whenever you want. It, it does take an action, um, but this is a free get the hell out of there if things are getting too hot, or a free get advantage uh, for a turn, or get you know. A free get to where you need to be before you do the thing you want to do. Yeah, like um, for scouting, it's great. Or scouting, yes, absolutely. So, I mean, the utility there is awesome. And you don't even need to spend, spend key points. You don't need to spend key points for either this or the shadow teleportation. That's fucking awesome. Yes, that is cool. And then you have all this utility <laughs> where you do spend your key points, whether it's right. uh, is breaking someone's bones or, like, making everything dark. Right, exactly. Uh, finally, though, you get a feature at level 17 called opportunist you can exploit a creature's momentary distraction when it is hit by an attack whenever a creature within five feet of you is hit by an attack made by a creature other than you you can use a reaction to make a melee attack against that creature now this is this is a good feature i it's not one that like i would be amazingly excited about i mean granted like by the time i'm at level 17 i probably know my character way better than i do right now because my character doesn't really exist but um, so maybe I would find some sort of awesome exploit that I could do on a reaction using this. Um, but other than that, it doesn't like super excite me. It's essentially you get free opportunity attacks even when creatures aren't moving away from you, so long as you're fighting next to an ally. So if you're getting jumped into like a shadow monk gang, like they're all gonna, uh, if they're like level seventeen dudes like mobbing you, That's, you're gonna get you're gonna get really scary. beat up. <laughs> that would be scary. Just five every turn, like yeah, that would be terrifying. Um, but still, it's a fun attack. It's going to get used. Um, by level 17, big stuff's happening. So 
it may not be the most exciting feature on earth, but it, it's useful at any level. I don't Got know if it. you have anything to add to that. No, um, usually I feel like we get to the level seven, like the, the high level, um, like addition to the characters mm-hmm. subclass. And we're like, yeah. uh, it's cool, I guess. Like, or <laughs> yeah. this could be yeah. more powerful or we should have gotten it earlier. This, this feels <laughs> okay. I mean, like it has utility yeah. and it's powerful. It's, it's not OP uh-huh. in any way. No, no, exactly. I, I think that, like you said, that's generally our reaction for the final feature. We're either like, holy shit, that's amazing, or, eh, doesn't feel like a super powerful thing for such a high-level feature. Yeah, this is kind of middle of the road, huh? Uh, it's it's a little bit above our, our low our low reaction. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, that's all I have to say. <laughs> that being said, um, do you have any questions about the Shadow Monk before we, we hop into my character here? No, let's get into the character. That you have See, now this is where this is where I know I need to get better about writing stuff down because I now I'm relying so hard on D&D Beyond that I build these characters weeks in advance and when I go back to them I'm like who are you again? <laughs> who is who is this? <laughs> but just uh, it, it's not um, like we're we're pretty much when we build a character we use a standard array when we're on the show and I think most of the time when we play now we use standard array although it's been a long time since oh, we I started point in by, the game. Point by but your 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 point stands. Yeah, point by. I mean, they're close enough. I feel like you can kind of you can kind of max out stats a little better with point by. But um, right, you know, the spread of stats is going to be similar between characters because that's just the way the game functions. Um, true, true. Unless we better. get extreme with it, which we generally don't. No, yeah, it's that's not a good way for me to build a character. Typically, like I'm already being when I pick a class and stuff, I'm already kind of taking a direction. So. You know, yeah, um, I'm gonna. Yeah, no, no, same, stat, same here. I'm not, I'm not too into the to the extreme min maxing, but yeah, my I guy did, for. Just, I did oh, play ahead. around a little bit when we get to mine. Like, we'll we'll talk about that then, though. So let's hear what you got. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you built for yours. Um, so my shadow monk is a character named Thatch the Black Banded, and he is an Aarakocra monk, but rather than the traditional like falcon like or hawk like Aarakocra. I based Thatch's appearance on an owl, and specifically the black banded owl. And I would recommend you Google what a black banded owl looks like because they're freaking cool looking. I'm on it. I, I am. I am. I had Google this earlier, but now I'm reading. So the main thing about them, they got a great feather pattern uh, of black and white. Like that's where the black banded name comes from. But Ooh. the main thing about them is their big. Pure black orbular eyes that just look super intimidating and like, like soul piercing. I love them, and wow. that's what Thatch has as he flies about at night, um, spying for his home nation, which is a small kingdom in the mountains. Um, and I picture this kingdom as a kingdom that has only survived thus far for two reasons: one, its remote like location up in the mountains, and two, its extensive spy network keeping it like its political footing like uh just one step of fr- in front of all its more powerful larger um you know surrounding kingdoms yeah and, fucking, you guys are fucking anbu up in there speaking of we're on the naruto <laughs> ground today yeah exactly and, uh so that's you know that's how he spends his days he is dispatched into other nations and i believe i gave him a way to disguise himself but even if not he he's going around at night looking at like enemy um Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Enough formations, but enemy positions and stuff during times of war, uh, infiltrating deep into camps and like overhearing and gaining information and stuff like that. But let's get a little into his stats. So he's got 18 decks. 
13 constitution, 17 wisdom, everything else is a 10, plus four proficiency bonus because he's level 10, 45 walking speed, which is really fast for an Aarakocra because they don't have feet, they have claws. Um, yeah. 63 HP, he's got a 17 armor class. Um, did I give him a feat? I felt like I did. Let's see here. Features and traits, feats. I did, I gave him the observant feat. So his wisdom score went up by one. If he can see a creature's mouth while it is speaking the language that he understands, he can interpret what it's saying by reading its lips. Um, he also has a plus five bonus to his passive perception and passive investigation scores. I, I picture him as like a hyper intelligent infiltrator. He is about getting as much information as quickly and as efficiently as possible and getting it out to deliver to his people. Yeah, that's a, that's the perfect feat. Like, nice work. Mm hmm. Um, again, with his feature, with his Shadow Monk feature, he gets the Darkness, Dark Vision, Passive, that Trace, Silent Spell, which he's using extensively as he's infiltrating uh, enemy castles, enemy strongholds, enemy camps. Like, if it is a place too uh, well-guarded to to get people into in a normal fashion, they send Thatch the Black Banded because the man is invisible. Yeah, and you have a flying speed, right? Uh, yes, exactly, and, a, awesome. and a wonderful flying speed. Um, you know, it's not really listed in the in the speed area. I see walking speed forty five feet. You're um, Eric Coker, right? So then you. Have I am Eric Coker, so I inherently I'm trying have to walking speed or flying speed. I'm trying to find what my my, my flying speed is. So. Um, oh yeah, another thing about this is I found this uh, this blend of race and class amazing because of the deflect missiles. Um, feature that yes. all monks get so like especially early levels but you know often even at late levels one of the few things that is going to be able to hit satch while he's in the sky are missiles of some sort usually arrows um right. and as a monk he can you know use his reaction to deflect or catch the missile uh when hit by a ranged weapon attack and if they do so the damage they take from the attack is reduced by 1d10 plus 14 which is a lot um, and then if you reduce the damage to zero, you have a free hand. It can spend a key point to make a range attack by throwing the thing back. So cool. So I just think that's, that's super wicked cool. I mean, I'm not the first one who thought of that, but, um, I don't, and I don't often like build the exploity builds of like, you know, like, like an Aarakocra Ranger or an Aarakocra Monk, but I couldn't, I couldn't resist this time. And I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm going to look at equipment. I don't think I gave him anything because guess what? He doesn't need equipment. He's a monk. He wears clothes. So yeah, you're not, you don't really need anything at all. Yeah, exactly. The unarmored defense is amazing. Um, he's pretty straightforward. I'm trying to see if there's anything particularly unique about him in the features department. Oh, I found flight. I have 50 feet of flying speed, which is awesome. Um, I can also use my yeah, talons as unarmed uh, weapons. So... That's kind of cool. Like I have fists for bludgeoning damage and I have my, my leg feet for my leg feet, my talons for <laughs> slashing damage. If for some reason I need to switch, catch these leg feet, catch these AKA leg feet. kicks. <laughs> Indeed. Um, oh, I, I gave him cartographer's tools because I figure while he's up in the sky scouting enemy kingdoms, he can, he can write up maps and stuff. Yeah. If he gets bored, he can doodle. Well, yeah, that too. But I just mean like <laughs> he can draw enemy formations and stuff from a bird's eye view and then deliver it to his people. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. So he's trained in acrobatics, deception, perception, and stealth. 
And I think that's all I really got about him. I think what I'm going to do moving forward is I'm going to do better about doing a background write-up. Um, speaking of backgrounds, what did I pick for his background? I don't know. It's been so long. I don't remember. Criminal and spy. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that tracks. I mean, like, we kind of so get rather, it. Rather than criminal contacts, he has spy contacts. Yeah, I got you. I mean, spy, yeah. like, you're a criminal to somebody, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're a criminal to somebody. That's the black band. It even sounds like a rogue's name. Yeah. Um, cause that, but that's Thatch. Uh, any questions about him? No, I, d- I did want to talk about um, Flashbang and the Surgeon again because I have a rogue. Oh, yeah, in, sure. In that game, um, mm-hmm. do, you know, doing the, def- the – or not a rogue. A, well, yes, a monk and a rogue. They they multi-class. So if you want to avoid like like basically um, – like I, I've got a Sun Soul monk, you know, not really mm-hmm. about like darkness and stuff like that. But they, they ended up multi-classing rogue. And it kind of uh, ended up having a similar flavor to what you've got going on as like an inqui- the they, they went inquisitor monk. rogue and stuff. They they can sneak and do all this other utility stuff that the way of shadow monk just kind of has inherently built, but um, right uh, a lot less magical. Like when you multi class in rogue, um, so like I feel like way of shadow kind of like blends between like a spellcaster and and a uh, and you know a, a combat. That's kind of what they. Yeah, it does. Out. I think that's just the monk in general, and yeah, I think that's like where the monk like stuff supposed to be. As a monk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, but that's uh, that's if there are no. Okay. Well, with that being said, I think we can take a short rest. Let's do it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest, Quest Saga. Saga, a future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast home brewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me, and set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest, Jake, and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga. We've returned. Indeed we have. We've 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 gone back to it once more. God, <laughs> we're back at it again. God damn it, Daniel, to Gonzo, <laughs> Daniel, and we're talking about uh, a newer a newer uh, subclass of the monk, the Way of Mercy. Tasha's new. Tasha's new. Yeah, that new. And uh, before we get into the features, let's talk a little bit about what the Monk of Mercy is. So, monks of the Way of Mercy learn to manipulate the life forces of others to bring aid to those in need. They are wandering physicians to the poor and to the hurt. However, to those beyond their help, they bring a swift end as an act of mercy. Ooh. Those who follow the way of mercy might be members of a religious order, administering to the needy, making grim choices rooted in the reality rather than idealism. Some might be gentle-voiced healers beloved by their communities, while others might be mass bringers of macabre mercies. The walkers of this way usually don robes with deep cowls, and they often conceal their faces with masks, presenting themselves as the faceless bringers of life and death. Nice. That's way grimmer than the way of mercy would imply. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't really read anything about it. I, was, I usually wait for your notes um, and oh, okay. kind of build my character with an idea, some loose idea. Um, okay. Based off of like some of the features when I build the character, I'm like, okay, this and that will will work. Uh, that aspect mm -hmm. I did not bring to the <laughs> like the. You're the super nice. You're, you're like the super nice Healy Mercy is what I'm what I'm thinking here. Uh, that's sort of where I mean I'm I'm a monk, right? So I'm still gonna beat the crap out of people like with my bare hands. So. Of course, of course you are. But yeah, I definitely leaned into the healer thing. Keep going, keep going. We'll get to that. Okay, so at level three, which is again when, uh, as a monk, you can take a subclass, you get your first feature, it's called Implements of Mercy. Uh, you gain proficiency in the insight and medicine skills, and you gain proficiency with the herbalism kit. So you, you really get into the doctor part of this uh, healing stuff. Right. Um, you also gain a special mask, which you often wear when using the features of the subclass. You determine its appearance or generate it randomly by rolling on the merciful mass table, and they give you a nice D6 option 
Um, you can have a raven mask, a blank white mask, which is horrifying if you ask me. I think that's um, cool. Yeah, it's a cool flavor. A, a crying visage uh, mask or a laughing visage mask, a skull, which is a little hot topic, and a butterfly mask, which is, I like that one. That's probably my favorite of all these just because you wouldn't expect it. I know, like, is it a skull? Like, you could just wear a skull, I guess, if you find a someone with yeah, a Yeah, I mean, head. like, <laughs> if you're trying to recycle, if you're trying to reuse, like, why not? Yeah, uh, I laid mercy. <laughs> I laid mercy to this humanoid with their big-ass head. Indeed. Their head was too big for them to live. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. See, you said you didn't read ahead. I'm very curious if you came up with a mask already or beforehand. Well, I did see like a few things like about like I think you had offhandedly mentioned to me that these guys get a mask. And I was immediately once again mm-hmm. uh, have to reference the Anbu from uh, from Naruto. Oh, so very nice. You know, I'm they, looking forward to your character. Uh, I don't know if I I don't know. I like the blank and white. And there, I, I, I'm very in love with Majora's Mask as a game. I have like 30 masks right there to inspire me. So. This we'll is see. true. We'll, well you have some time to there. think about it as we as we work our way through the features. So yeah. you also at level three get another feature called Hand of Healing. Your mystical touch can mend wounds. As an action, you can spend one key point to touch a creature and restore a number of hit points equal to a roll of your martial arts die plus your wisdom modifier. When you use your flurry of blows, you can replace one of the unarmed strikes with a use of this feature without spending a key point for the healing. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool so, one. Um, so I'll, you're hitting the healing from from both like the the logical doctor standpoint, but also like don't forget I got holy healing powers. Yes, yes, I can do. I can use my. I can give you energy like Vegeta to Goku style or whatever. Indeed, indeed. Pretty sweet. <laughs> I forgot the Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Gotta get all my anime in today. Vegeta is a way of mercy, monk. You didn't know. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know. He's just putting. Uh, he's putting everybody on planet Namek out of their misery in a merciful way. Goddamn right he is. <laughs> Goddamn right he is. All right. You get another feature at level three. So this one's really uh, front loaded. You get a feature called Hand of Harm. That's like the opposite of key. the last thing. It's the opposite of the last thing, yes. You can use your key to inflict wounds. <laughs> when you hit a creature with an arm strike, you can spend one key point to deal extra necrotic damage equal to one roll of your martial arts side plus your wisdom modifier. You can use this feature only once per turn. So yeah, it's it's the opposite. It's I guess you're taking energy. Maybe maybe that's how I would flavor it. Like you're taking energy away from them and like draining their muscles and 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 their life force. <laughs> this, uh, go sleep. <laughs> Shh, giga drain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it does necrotic damage because it's like negative damage. Yeah, totally. Did it heal you? Yeah. Is that what it said? Or no, it doesn't. No, do it doesn't. It that doesn't. Cool. It just that would be cool. That would probably be overpowered for level, for level three. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. At level six, a feature called Physician's Touch. Um, you can administer even greater cures with a touch. And if you feel it's necessary, you can use your knowledge to cause harm. <laughs> <laughs> when you use Hand of Healing on a creature, you can also end one disease or one of the following conditions affecting the creature. Blinded, deafened, paralyzed, poisoned, or stunned. When you use Hand of Harm on a creature... You can subject that creature to the poison condition until the end of your next turn. This is a really interesting subclass. Yeah. Uh, I really like them. I really like that they can play that dual role of like life giver and life taker. Yeah, I like uh, I like this level six feature. Like if somebody's blind in the street, you can like go cure a blind man like out 
<laughs> out in the street. <laughs> like, is actual blindness different from the condition being blinded? Like, I'm sure it, it actually yes, is. Yes, it is. It is different. But <laughs> you can also end one disease. And I don't know if you want to include a birth defect as a disease. But, I mean, if you're the DM, it's up to you. That would be very interesting if you, you just... Every time you see someone with some sort of uh, condition, like, can your physician physicians touch, like, end that condition? <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty sweet. <clears throat> I like uh, the role play aspect uh, of a level six character walking around the streets of some town, like, you know, as a wearing a fucking all white mask, like spouting religious propaganda and like healing people in the streets. That's yeah, kinda... that that. That is an interesting concept. I, I'm thinking of a concept where, like, you do this way of mercy, but, like, you really go down the dark path and, like, you Thanos it up and, like, your mercy is to end life for life is nothing but misery. And, like, so you almost never use the healing aspects. You're just you're just this monk of pain and disease. Yeah, like, you're, my my idea of mercy is your your end. Like, there is no greater peace than your death. Right. That which is, of course, a really twisted way of looking at this. But that see, I immediately went to villain with with this way of mercy monk. Well, it seems uh, kind of villainous with this duality, like a lot of a lot of villains, like good villains have this duality about them. So that's kind of interesting. Yes. And speaking of duality, the next feature is its very title is a dual title. Uh, Flurry of healing and harm. I heal you. So I punch you once more and hurt you even greater Uh, times. Level 11. (laughs) <laughs> 11 you get this feature you can now meet out a flurry of comfort and hurt <laughs> when you use flurry of blows you can now replace each of the unarmed strike with a use of hand of healing without spending key points for the healing excuse me but you spend key points for the flurry right okay in addition you make an unarmed strike with the flurry of blows yeah in addition when you make an unarmed strike with the flurry of blows you can use hand of harm with that strike without spending any key points for hand of harm you can still use hand of harm only once per turn this is powerful. Um, yeah, it doesn't give you that same um, caveat for Hand of Healing. So let's go back to this. So essentially, yeah, you can spend one key... Well, no, no. However many key points your Flurry of Blows is, which I want to say is two, but I, I could be wrong there. Yeah, um, it's, I, think to it's, do just I think it's two. Real big heals or real big hurts. Um, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of those. Uh, and Finally, at level 17, you get your final feature, Hand of Ultimate Mercy. That's good. <laughs> I'm terrified of what this is going to be. Uh, your mastery of life energy opens the door to the ultimate mercy. As an action, you can touch the corpse of a creature that died within the past 24 hours and expend five key points. The mm. creature then returns to life, regaining a number of hit points equal to 40, 10, plus your wisdom modifier. If the creature died while subject to any of the following conditions, it revives with them removed. Blinded, deaf, and paralyzed, poisoned, or stunned. Once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. Now, that's a final feature I can get behind. Absolutely. You can just touch and say, no, you live. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, the um, like, so a normal cleric, like, bringing somebody, you know, if we revivify somebody and they were blinded mm-hmm. before the revivify, are they're just blinded when they come back. Like, is that the um, the implication here? That's a great question. I've never, I've never had that question asked to me. So let's let's look at Revivify real quick. Sure, I would imagine so. Uh, but also, I guess it would depend on like the nature of the condition. Like, how was the condition inflicted upon you? Uh, you touch a creature in the last minute, the creature returns to life with one hit point. 
Yeah, I mean, it just brings it back to a life of one hit point. If you have sticky goo all over your eyes, it's still there. Yeah, I'm I'm always so uh I always have to revert to Pokemon since I grew up on Pokemon. Like when mm-hmm. you get downed and you get revived, you don't have any of the lasting conditions you were affected with when you went down. Like if you died from poison, this is, you don't wake up poisoned. Yeah, this is true. It's because in Pokemon you can only have one condition at a time and the condition you had was death. Exactly. So when you or, reboot or it, it doesn't me, remember faint. your old condition. It just you the slate is clean. Yeah, your slate is clean because you you'll, you can only have one condition. Your condition was fainted. You've now undone fainted, so you have no condition. Yeah, like if I have a revive in my pocket and not an antidote, it looks like this guy's got to die so I can cure their poison. Right, exactly. But in this case, that's cool. So that 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 teaches me about Dungeons & Dragons a little bit, that line there. Um, so yeah, that, that is a very powerful, very, very powerful level 17 feature. It's just reviving the yeah. shit out of people. Five key points, that's not so much at 17th level. I mean, like... I mean, considering it's ending a death, I mean, if you're a 17th level and a party member goes down, uh, you being able to raise them back up instantly with whatever, for the most part, Probably a whatever solid amount of up, HP. That's a solid amount of HP. And again, if you're level 17, your compatriot's probably level 17, and so you bringing them back up is a big fucking deal, because you're a big fucking deal. Yeah, this is cool. This is really like, cool. If, yeah, if you're fighting five pit fiends, and you drop one, but then one of the other pit fiends turns and says, no, and that pit fiend comes back up. That's terrifying. Yes, that is terrifying. So that it's the equivalent of that, except for in reverse, because it's the players terrifying the enemy. Yeah, at level 17, that's that's fine. Yeah, indeed. Indeed it is. So any questions about the uh, Way of Mercy monk before you tell me all about your character? Uh, no. Can I tell you all about my character? By all means, please do. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> So I, I kind of went with a um, like the healer aspect in mind, mostly like mm-hmm. that this this um, this well-intentioned like unit of monks um, thinks of themselves as like we are we are great healers, whether the heals are for your body or to just like kind of get rid of you so you can heal in the afterlife, bro. Um, so <laughs> Gut. That's kind of the thing. I like the and are they style. are they more concerned with with the um, what's the word I'm looking for for the integrity of the spirit of the people they're healing? Um, no, I feel like a lot of this is a physical physical base, like and the energy and and flow of life. Not so much spirituality, but like your your oh. physical connection to to the world and the energy that flows within you to the physical. I guess it's kind of spiritual in a, in a way. Um, yeah, it was just because you said, like, you can heal in death, bro. Like, I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're more concerned about, like, your soul being intact. And, like, that's the important thing. I feel like this would be, like, your body will turn, your energy will convert into powering the rest of us sort of sort of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, okay, sure. Like, I will you're, heal. You're an efficient cog in the machine. You can't worry about shit if you're gone, you know, obliterated and, like, back into the, the system of biology or whatever, you know. But, interesting. But the other side of that is that we're going to we're going to keep you up. So my guy, um, I'm going to name uh, my guy uh, Twee. Uh, just T-Y. Twee? I'm going to just take a normal, like regular, regular name. Um, so oh, okay. So I think that means um, pull. So like I grabbed that name from um, from Avatar: The Last Airbender. We were kind of talking about that. I was <laughs> like, oh, I need a name for this guy because I made this character late last night. I told you before the recording, but when I opened up my character yeah. sheet this morning, it said Flo Jiden. 
So I just <laughs> I can't keep that. I can't keep that. No. Um, but I did have I did have water and water benders in mind when I built the character. Um, and oh, I actually okay. did, I did something interesting. I went. Oh, because water benders heal. Yes, yes, yes. Um, they also can like ruthlessly murder. Uh, they can. It's a, it, it is like a, a good pick. I wouldn't have thought of it immediately, but it fits really well. Yeah, so I went with Twee as the, one of the koi fish in season one. So spoilers for Avatar Last Airbender, but it's the moon spirit, the name of the moon spirit. I, yeah. think, I think that one means push, and the other one is law for pool. Um, and I built this character with the Tasha's rules, so I kind of just like custom built it up from the bottom. Um, oh, nice. So I got to assign my... Um, I got to assign my stats like a plus two to whatever, you know, while I was building. Yeah. What, what's your race? race? Um, like who, who is this person? I went with a, see, I don't know if it's that important because I'm going to be like cloaked and masked constantly. <laughs> but I mean, it's not that important, but I am curious. I did go with a, um, a not, uh, what's the, not the water Genasi, the, the try, what's their name? The water. The Tridents. Tri- is it Trident? Yeah. Tridents. Yeah, I went with I went with that. Um, okay. So I I did go with like a water flavored race. Uh, triton. Okay. Yeah, Triton. Okay. I thought you said Trident, and it's Triton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Triton. Like, yeah. Is that what that fucking thing was called? No, it's yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, so I went with a Triton. Um, I'm a I'm a Landwalker for sure. Been indoctrinated. Um, or maybe not. For sure. like, I don't know. I kind of like the underwater thing. Um, so I went with um, I'm gonna go with the Kakashi Anbu mask. Where it's like kind of like that smiling bunny a little bit with the red lines in okay. it. Okay. Um, I don't know what that animal yeah, like is, it. but uh, I think it's a fox. Is it a fox? Yeah, it could be. It could be. Pretty it sure it's that. a fox. Yeah. Um. So I went. I yeah. I went with fox. I guess for the mask. Um. So when you build your Tasha's character, like with those rules, the custom rules, you get to pick a feat. Um. So I went with Crusher. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so for Crusher, once per turn, when you hit a creature with an attack that deals bludgeoning damage, you can move it five feet to an unoccupied space, provided the target is no more than one size larger than you. Um, I imagine um, Tui to be very large, like, you know, the biggest humanoid I can make, very broad shouldered and buff. Yeah, like six foot seven, shredded. Yeah, like Incineroar or Zangief style, like size and build. Um, That's interesting. Okay. So able to like kind of just like big palm these fools with the unarmed strikes and move them out of the path. Um, and that that's just kind of a precursor for my plan later. Um, when I score a critical hit that deals bludgeoning damage to a creature, uh, attack rolls against that creature are made with advantage until the start of uh, your next turn. That's just another part of the crusher feat. Um, I, okay. built, I built this character up to level eight. Um, the next feat I took, I took feats all the way for my, my bonuses. Uh, Interesting. Of okay. Ability increases. So I took the healer feat. So when I use a mm-hmm. healer's kit, which I herbalism kit, I, I feel is like similar enough here. Sure. Yeah, uh, I would allow that to stabilize a dying creature. That creature also regains one HP. Um, so as an action, I can spend uh, one of the user's healer's kit to tend to a creature and restore one d six plus four HP to it, plus additional HP to the creature's maximum number of hit dice. Uh, the creature can't regain HP from this feat again until it finishes a short or long rest. Nice. So that was extra my... heals on top of your already heals. That's funny. Like the way you took those feats is like this, this feat heals, this feat kills. <laughs> <laughs> I like the harsh rhyme there. Uh, we, yeah. 
Yeah, I kind of I kind of wanted it to be like get out of my way so I can heal this guy and like move somebody out oh, that's of the space. Because I feel like yeah. this character will work best in a party um uh-huh. of like five. So if it's like five monks rolling deep, this is the, the my guy's meant to be like the 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 main healer. If we're all of uh if we're all the same monks. Different paths. Yeah, maybe. Maybe something like that. Or if um we're in like a crew of like you know, rough and tumble fighters, and I've been hired as a mercenary to like keep everybody alive. You know, that, that could be my job. So I also took the next feat I took was mobile. So my speed increases by 10 feet. Uh, when I use a dash action, difficult terrain doesn't cost me extra movement on that turn. And when I make a melee attack against a creature, I don't provoke opportunity attacks from that creature for the rest of the turn, whether I'm hit or not. So I can move people this around. Ge- this goes back to like, let me get to who needs healing right now. Exactly. If somebody goes down, awesome. it's my job to pick them back up. And when I do that with the healer's kit, they're going to get back up immediately. So if they need more, yeah. if they need more life than that, like I'll use the other features, you know, the healing hand. And right, stuff. right. And basically. It's like triage. It's an order of uh, severity. Yeah. And then I can just kind of move people around with my unarmed strikes to get them where I need to be. So if I'm making, That's I'm doing true. like flurry of blows, I can move people a little bit of space here and there and like move them to the back of the pack and keep them away from people that I need to get back to to heal. I can move a guy like 10 feet and then go and like <laughs> position myself to go do a heal next turn or something like that, you know? Um, yeah, you were le- leaned into like the mobile combat medic. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's pretty much where I went. Um, and I thought I was going to be more of a healer than when we detailed the notes of how much how how mo- how much more brutal this class is than that. Um, so that was yeah. pretty interesting. You can if if someone isn't getting out of your way for you to let you heal, like you can you can really make them pay for that. Yes, I took uh, I took intimidation as a feat. Um, there you go. What else did I do? That's uh, interesting. I mean, that works really well with the mask. Yeah, and and the size of this fool and like. You know, just hitting somebody and pushing them out of the way. Um, yeah. You know, everybody, I, if I kick somebody, I can, like, blast them through a chair or a table or whatever is how I was kind of, right. like, looking at it. Um, I did take – I took acrobatics, insight, intimidation, and medicine, obviously. And then I also have stealth. I, I don't know why I took stealth. It just – I love stealth. <laughs> I mean, stealth, stealth is, cool. is useful. Monk, you're going to be good at it, so – I have a I have proficiency in strength and dex saving throws. My AC is like around 14. I don't know. I didn't. I'm not like I said. I'm not looking into the um, the stats portion of this very much these days. You know, you can kind of you can kind of make that what you need it to be. But um, you know, yeah, I'm, it's more about like the feature build and the character concept that are the most important. Yeah, I went with uh, but I did go with with dex, constitution, and wisdom as my big stats. Everything else is um. Well, I guess wisdom and, and strength are both a plus one, but dex and constitution are both a plus three. Um, charisma, yeah. charisma tanked. I tanked charisma. I don't need to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> True. And honestly, this character doesn't seem like they would have much in social skills, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, so the intimidation <laughs> buff is pretty is pretty low. It's like only a plus two when it should be you know, higher than that. Um, th- that's yeah, that's a negative one charisma. Question, like, oh, this, this character looks intimidating. So like you give them like, um, a little bit of a boost artificially from that, depending on who they're trying to intimidate. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so you have to, you have to have a DM who's like willing to do that and understand that. 
But I mean, I think it's a great concept. That's really cool. What was your name again? It was Twee? Twee, yeah, it's T-U-I. Twee. And I think I'm just going to leave I like it at that. that. Um, no no additional yeah. moniker or anything. Um, yeah. Probably a Twee. part of the monk society. Keep the name like one syllable, simple. We're all, you know, yeah. your name is given to Twee. you as like a meaning. I like the monk like indoctrination thing. Like you're going to come learn our laws and you're going to live by those laws and learn these skills. Right. That's kind of what I learned when I did um, when I DM for for F bats uh, and mm-hmm. Jake's character is the monk. His son soul mm-hmm. monk like philosophies dictate a lot of the things he does as a character, and like he yeah. can compromise his moralities by acting against them and stuff. Right. Right. That's a fun thing you can um, do with the monk. But I like that you named him Tweet because now I think it it means push, and that's what he does. He pushes people out of the way to get to the heels. And he pushes people towards death or towards life, I guess. Indeed, indeed he does. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add about Tweet before we get ready for our long rest? No, I'm I'm good. I didn't give him any weapons or anything, but he's probably got brass knuckles, and like, you know, with little spikes right. in them. Um, okay, that's a that's a little more heavy metal than I thought Tweet would have. Yeah, I think I think that's it. I think he's mostly using palms, but when he wants to, um, he wants to go with the other side of mercy. He's going to use the brass knuckles to to fin- to be a finisher. I and like that, it. That's well, pretty much with it. That with that being said, let's get ready for a long rest. Let's do it. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the long rest. It's a part of the show where this year we're building a boulder. Indeed, we are. Behold, um, a new beholder. We, so far? We, we finished a beholder. Now we got a new one. We're we're working on now. Yeah, I'm pulling up the old stats uh, of that beholder. So what? <laughs> um, well, why don't you uh, why don't you start off? Well, I'll I'll tell you what. Why, yeah, why don't you start off with the feature? And I think you have a little more uh, explaining on the details, and I'll, I'll prompt you. But okay, um, okay. Why and you want to do you want to do the ray? Look up. Yeah, I'll do the ray. Okay. All right. Um, so Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> oh no, no. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Ray Romano. No. Uh, no. <laughs> um, so for the feature, uh, we went with the Shadow Monk. And, you know, the lore says that uh, way of the Shadow Monks tend to be uh, either ninjas or shadow dancers, part of a secret society of practitioners of their art. So we decided to make our Beholder part of a secret society. And our Beholder wears a secret society ninja band across its giant Beholder forehead. <laughs> so that's Naruto the feature style. getting from the, from the Shadow Monk. So- so in Naruto, they have uh, they have like their nation's crest on their headband or whatever. It yeah, is. maybe this one's like um, an eye, like you know, you know, for obvious reasons. It's like a, it's like a metal band with an eye as its symbol. That's what I was gonna say. Perfect. That's okay, perfect. Cool. It's just right. a crazy eyeball. Yeah, uh, he's okay, a member the, of the Eye of Shadows. The ray is going to be called the Ray of Ultimate Mercy, and essentially, the ray of Ultimate Mercy. This ray is going to revive fallen allies. I think we are establishing pretty early on that this beholder plays really well with others. He's part of a secret society. Um, he has allies. And when those allies fall and he rolls really well on his random eye chart, he's going to use his ray of ultimate mercy to bring them back to life. I kind of like it because the the audacity of it all. Just like I'm going to be rolling three rays randomly. So I actually, if I, if I want to heal my bro... I'm gonna have to randomly try to do that with well, a, like a three, one in ten chance. Yeah, no, no, you got a three out of ten chance because you can fire three rays uh, per turn plus a fourth ray for your legendary action. So you're honestly, what is a four out of ten chance? That's a two out of five chance you're gonna roll your ultimate mercy ray. That's true. I don't have to pick my target before I roll randomly, huh? I can try to choose my target after I roll. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're just firing. 
you have a bro that's down, you get the heal ray. You can point that at your bro. So if um, if our if if old Krulize is rolling up with this new beholder, then and and he knocked oh, down Krulize, this this beholder might be able to bring Krulize back. Krulize and this beholder teamed up is too powerful already, and we've only got one ray. I've got a web beam and spider tentacles for for this one listed. Oh so oh, I forgot we, we started this ray. Oh, so this guy can trap you and heal his allies. Yeah. He's oh, got scary. Well, I forgot so about the spider of, tentacles. Oh man, this thing's just and it's a ninja. We're building another dark. I do want to. Oh, this beholder. is hilarious. I do want to add like a sub feature with this oh. particular ray should be okay. like a like a hand at the end instead of an eyeball. Yeah, yeah. Have or, you ever? Seen, or maybe have, maybe have it should have like hustle? a Donzo style like eyeball in the palm of the hand. So there's still Ooh. an eyeball there, but there's a hand around it. Uh huh. Oh, because so this, this this spider ray has a hand at the end, and the hand has an eye in the palm. Yeah, and it fires the it fires the beam that would come out of the the muck. I, you know, I, I'm into it. Fuck it, I'm into it. <laughs> uh, also, all of the all of the instead of tentacles, it has spider legs for all of the. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, this is what we wrote. I am recalling back to the Edercap episode. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> this um, thing's already horrifying. Um, anything else you want to add before we call it a game? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Just, um, are we announcing a new contest today, Will? Indeed we are. I totally forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. So as yeah, many sure. of you probably already know, a new book is coming out, uh, in, on May 18th, uh, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which I'm excited for, although I am questioning the timing of this. Why isn't this coming out during Halloween? I don't know, but here it is in like rolling up to summer. Let's. Get spooky and play Ravenloft, uh, one of my favorite settings in D&D. Um, if you're interested in this book, we are giving away two copies, one on Instagram and one on Twitter. Uh, what, can, what you can do to enter on Twitter is by tweeting out a link to your favorite episode of our show with the hashtag DungeonCast. If you do so, between now and May 18th, we will be pulling all the people that do that, adding them to the list, and rolling randomly the day this book is released. Um, if you want to enter on Instagram, I believe Brian has the rules for you there. Um, I don't. Unless you they're don't? the same as they always I'm, are. I'm uh, pretty sure they'll be the same. I'm not managing that anymore. No, you're not. But but the rules are the same. So however you were doing them. Oh, cool. Okay. So basically, um, go find the post associated with the contest. Should have like a picture of the Ravenloft book. Um, the new one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, the basically follow the account, like the post, and then start tagging people in the comments. One comment. Per person that you tag equals one entry. Okay. So yeah, uh, same thing. We'll randomly roll on the comments, uh, and then whoever whoever's the winner, we reach out to you. And if you respond and say yes, here is my information, then yeah, we send you a book. Indeed. So, uh, is there an alternate artwork for this? Have you seen it? I'm sure there is, but if if there is, we will make sure to try and order that alternate artwork. Yeah, the whole reason we do contests, and I say this every time, is uh, to uh, help spread the word about the dungeon cast. Some of the best stuff you can do for us is leave an iTunes review or tell a friend about the show or leave a comment on YouTube and a like, subscribe to the channel, all that stuff. It it matters so much for for podcast visibility and it on, really does. Um, on weeks that we get a lot more traction where we see, you know, an above average amount of iTunes reviews come in and stuff like that. I look at our charts in iTunes and yeah, it skyrockets every time something like that we get a little more extra than average, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really helps. So these it contests really does. 
This contest helps us spread the word about the Dungeon Cast, gets new people listening to the show, um, and opens up the community. So we, we really want to uh, to do that, help people play some Dungeons and & Dragons, and we want you to have cool alternate art books as a result. So there will be some lucky winners out there if you guys can help us out with that. We really appreciate it. But other than that, I don't think we have anything. All right. I guess we'll, we'll call it a game then, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.